Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our vibrant church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Happy Valentine's Day, Vibrant Church. Are you excited to be in the house of God? If you are, come on, let me hear from you. Clap your hands. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm so glad that you chose to be at church today. Let's give it up for all of our guests one more time. Come on, glad you're here. Come on, love it. Thank you so much. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastor. And uh, we're just honored that you chose to be at church today. I, you know, I know the weather is a little, uh, little crazy. We're not used to, you know, uh, Antarctica, like visiting us here in Texas, but uh, this is uh, weird. But I'm looking forward to a snow day tomorrow. I don't know. Anybody else, like, I'm definitely going to ball up snowballs and hit my kids with them. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, anybody looking forward to a snow day? Anybody? No? Okay. Just me. That's cool. All right. This is cool. Uh, glad that you're here. As always, I want to take a moment, look directly into the camera, and I want to welcome all of our online family in. I don't care if you're watching by yourself or with a, a watch party or your family. I just want to thank you so much for making church part of your day. So can we welcome our online family in? Come on. Let's give it up for them right now. I want to let you know a couple of things that are going on here before we jump into the message today, okay? So uh, as part of this series, one thing that we're going to do for you guys is on uh, February 26th, and so that is the Friday, last Friday of this month, okay? So in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a date night for you guys, okay? And so what that means is we're going to take all your kids, and we're going to feed them pizza and all the candy we can find. No, I'm just kidding about the candy. We won't do that. Um, but we're going we're gonna to have a great time. We're going to put all, you know, we'll take care of all your kids, and you guys get to go from 5 to 8 o'clock and go have a date night. Like, go eat dinner, go watch a movie, go walk around Target without children screaming, amen, anybody in the house? Okay, all right. Like, do what you want to do. So from 5 to 8 o'clock, and here's the best part, is that we're not charging you for it. Come on. All right, that's, a, that's great. So I, it's completely free. But here's the thing, here's the, here's the catch, is that our student ministry is, uh, they are getting ready to go to camp. And so they are, yeah, they're going to camp here this summer uh, when it's not going to be 20 degrees out. So, um, <laughs> but it, here's the thing, is that we're going to offer this date night completely free to you guys. They are uh, going to be watching all of your kids and doing all of our student ministry. But here's the thing I would love to see, is I want us, this is going to be donation only. So what I would love to see is all of us make a donation towards Towards their camp, okay? I would love to see us raise some money for them to make it easier uh, on the load for the parents that, that are raising money for camp, okay? Can we do that? Awesome. So February 26th uh, from 5 to 8 o'clock, you can, and here's the thing is we're going to have an online registration link. You need to register your kids, okay? We need to know how many kids are going to be here because uh, if not, we don't want to show up and be like 400 kids, right? Okay, so I want to make sure that we have enough students to watch your kids and it's going to be a wonderful time. So that's great. Awesome. 
Uh, today we're going to jump into this love song series, and uh, people have asked me, like, Pastor Michael, why are we doing a, a love song series? Why are we do-? Uh, First of all, didn't Addie do an amazing job on that song, on Adele's song? Ooh. Man, she did great, and, and if I'm not mistaken, she's single too, right? You single? Okay, all right. I mean... I mean, I'm just trying to help people here today. We're just trying to bless some people. Um, so, but uh, we all have favorite love songs, right? Well, why do we do a love song series? It's because I, as a pastor, believe in families. I believe in strong marriages. I believe in strong families because I believe that they're, they're the pillars of a strong church. And, and so the first thing the enemy is going to come after is marriages, is families, okay? And so I really do believe we spend a lot of time talking about relationships and marriages, and we do that on purpose, okay? So it's very, very important to us. Um, now, that being said, I want to do kind of a little, um, a, a little test here, okay? How many of you in this house have been married over 10 years? Okay, raise your hand, all right? Over 10 years. Come on, that's awesome, okay? Uh, keep your hand up. How many of y'all have been married over 15 years? Okay, 15 years. Okay, that's good. Oh, look at this. We've got some veterans, all right? All right, keep your hand up. Over 20 years. 20 years? 20 years? Okay, over 20? That's awesome, all right? So we got the final tier, 25 years. You're reaching 25. What are y'all at? Also, 24 and a half, 24 and a half. We got a tie. We got two veterans at 24 and a half. That's awesome. That's really cool. We had a couple in first service that had been married 42 years. That's awesome, isn't it? That's cool. Uh, those are some people we got a lot to learn from. I just let him preach first service. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> no, uh, you know, love songs, you know, we all have a favorite love song. And when you look at love, there are two paths to look at. Now, in the beginning, uh, you know, if you, if, so you need to go back and watch last week's message if you weren't here. But uh, we made this example about these Gatorade bottles where in the beginning, God created love. And, and, you know, there was a song attached to it. It was pure. It was beautiful. It was holy, right? It was, it was, God created it on purpose and it was fulfilling, right? I mean, you could take a, a drink of a, 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 you know, a Gatorade on a, a hot day and it's fulfilling, right? And, and so it, this, it was super fulfilling, but you can always tell what God values by what the enemy tries to imitate. Okay. You can always tell that. So what the enemy does is God created this, this beautiful brand of love. It was original, it was pure, it was holy. But what the enemy wants to do is take the package of love and he fills it with something that's inauthentic. So last week I took this bottle and I filled it with windshield wiper cleaner, okay? And, and you could, if you put these on the shelf right next to each other, you really can't tell too much of a difference. And in fact, funny story, last week I, I tried to freak y'all out in second service by drinking a little bit of it, and I ended up drinking a little bit of it on accident. And so uh, it didn't taste good. And that was a perfect sermon example right there, that when you take something, you take the, the, the world's, the culture's example of love, and you sing that song over yourself, and you take the fruits off of that tree, you end up with something that's not fulfilling. You end up with something that doesn't taste good, something that's not natural because it's not pure and holy. It's not the real thing, right? It's not the real thing. So what this entire series is about is getting back to the real love song and, and the original a love song that God gave us in the beginning of time, right? And, and so looking at the world today on Valentine's Day, I'll tell you, relationships are in trouble. Uh, married relationships, dating relationships, they are in trouble. And I know... It's Valentine's Day and, and, you know, couples all around our country, including 
us in here today, you know, we're going to go on a date day or a date night before Snowmageddon, um, you know, gets here. Uh, and life is just all going to be hunky-dory, right? It's going to be an amazing Valentine's Day. But then we go back to normal life where there's a Monday after snow day and then it's Tuesday where it's icy and we go back to work and there's relationship struggles because all is not hunky-dory and well and good, right? There's relationship struggle there. This series is getting back to the melodies of godly love and relationships. And so what we're doing is we're actually going to the original love song, which is Song of Solomon. And we're preaching this entire series from Song of Solomon. Now, I, I had somebody tell me last week, like, I've never heard anybody preach an entire series from Song of Solomon. I want to hear how you're going to do this. I was like, me too. Like, <laughs> no, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do it. And so last week we talked about the art of attraction and how attraction is the beginning of all relationships. And so what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to skip ahead in their relationship past the, the wedding and the honeymoon. We're going to talk about that next week. Next week is sex week. So 100 percent perfect attendance from the dudes next week okay all right uh, so that's next week but today we're going to talk about uh, conflict we're going to talk about conflict their first fight so uh, let's open up with this this scripture that uh, the, this is kind of our theme verse it's the beginning of this this uh, book here and so it says this let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth that's a good start come on somebody uh, for your love is more delightful than wine Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the maidens love you. I love that part of the verse right there uh, because she's saying, you are amazing. You smell good. You're so valuable. It's like taking perfume and shattering. I, you, are, you are that valuable. No wonder all the girls like you. But if you look at them, I'll kill you. Like, you know, <laughs> no wonder they think you're cool, but I will, I will cut you. Like, I, it's just, I love that. I love that she puts that in there. Today, I want to talk about something that every relationship has. I don't care if you're dating, you're single, getting ready to date, if you're courting, if you're, you know, you're married, any level is conflict. We have conflict. And yes, I'm that pastor that's going to talk about conflict on Valentine's Day because I'm not naive to know. I, I'm, I'm, I just know that not every day is Valentine's Day, okay? All right? And so I want to prep you for the day that's not Valentine's Day. And we're going to do it today. And so uh, here's the thing. Diving into this, I have to tell you right at the beginning, is that the goal of, of this message, I'm not trying to get you not to fight. That's not the goal. It's impossible. In fact, it's impractical. If you go into a relationship and you just say, I'm not going to fight, you're just going to lose. That's all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that just means you lost. You know, I, you're, that's not really the goal here. It's not the goal not to fight. And, and I know some of y'all are like, well, good, because you came in with boxing gloves. You're ready to go. Some of y'all was fighting on the way to church, right? <laughs> Trying to get out of the house because she hit the snooze button too many times. I don't know. Okay. Right. And so we look at the word for our examples in relationships. And, and he, here we find is that it's really just not about not fighting. It's about fighting right. That's what the word tells us. And, and he shows us very clearly is that it's not about not fighting. It's about learning to fight Right. There's a way that we can have healthy conflict that we come out with a positive ending. I look at it very much like this, is that God's way is a narrow way and God's song is a narrow song. And so it requires more work, but the world's way is a very wide and broad way, right? It's, it's a very much, you listen to the songs of the world, right? Proverbs 14 and 4, where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox come abundant harvest. Essentially, what it's saying here is that, sure, there's no mess. There's no mess in the stable here, but, but it's weak. 
There's nothing in it. There's been no strength to it. Relationships grow stronger when you've been through some stuff together. When you've been through some stuff that's tough together. Relationships get stronger. I just got to tell you, Carmen and I have been through some stuff. We have been married for 15, 15, 15 years, 15-ish years, okay? So, uh, and I know somebody told us last week, like, you don't look like you could have been married 15 years. Well, we got married when we were 11, and so that was a good start. Um, <laughs> what, not really, but almost. And, and so, but Carmen and I, we have been through some stuff, guys. We have been through some stuff. We lost our home and Har- Hurricane Harvey and everything that we owned. Like, it's difficult to see your son's toys floating down the road. Like, that's difficult to see. Now, we lost all that. I got laid off in the 09 recession in Chicago. Shout out to my Chicago family. I got laid off right in the middle of that. Some of our family, our very own blood family, some of them have disowned us because of our call from God on our lives. And they call themselves Christians. We've had kids we we planted a church in the middle of a pandemic. Didn't know that was going to happen. Come on. <laughs> We have been, let me just tell you, me and Carmen have been through some stuff. There's some strength in the stuff. There's some strength in it, right? When we go about it the right way, we sing the right song, we get strong. When we sing the right song, there's an abundant harvest in strong relationships. And, and so there's an abundant harvest when you go through some things together. But the world's way is pretty evident in the songs that they sing. Now, I know Addie sang that Adele song, and she killed that thing. But Adele, some of her other songs is like, I'll set fire to the rain and watch it burn. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> some of them other songs wasn't as peaceful, right? Some of the other songs, like Demi Lovato singing Warrior. You need to go read them lyrics. I mean, you don't have to pray afterwards. I, it's just like, I, Taylor Swift made an entire career over being mad at dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, an entire thing. Like, she retiring off that thing, just being mad, you know? Conflict, conflict, conflict. Health, I want you to write this down, okay? If you're taking notes, note takers, like watch the screen, take a picture of the screen, whatever. Healthy conflict leads to healthy relationships. Healthy conflict leads to healthy relationships. I don't want you to miss that. If you get anything of what I told you today, get that. Healthy conflict leads to healthy relationships. This Song of Solomon, this entire book, this, this it, it, you know, Solomon wrote 1,005 songs. And the Bible says that this one was actually his favorite, okay? And so of his favorite song, there's eight chapters inside of it, and two of them are about conflict. What does that mean? It's kind of important. It's kind of important that we talk about this, okay? There are three stages of conflict, healthy conflict, and we actually find this inside of their first fight, okay? So uh, let me kind of set it up this way. And the, the, the first stage of this is the fight, okay? It's the fight. And so let's set it up. This is, it begins with tension, and there's, there's a difference in opinion, okay? So this is after the wedding, and, and this is, you know, post-honeymoon and all of that. So let's check this out. We're going to make it very real and practical for you in your life. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 2 through 6 says, I slept, but my heart was awake. She couldn't sleep. It was a late night, right? Listen, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew, 
my hair with the dampness of the night. Let me get, I'm going to make this really practical for us, okay? Because it's really easy for us to read that and very much uh, view it in a KJV uh, mind frame here. And so let me make it very practical. The honeymoon is over. They're back home. They're back at work. They're back at school. They're back doing all the things. And they decide, okay, well, we've been together, you know, every night since the honeymoon. Let's have a guy's night and a girl's night. So the guys, they went out, all the dudes went out to Top Golf. You know what I'm saying? Like all the dudes went out to uh, Top Golf at that time. And, you know, they're hitting the golf balls and they're having a great time while all the girls got together and came in and they decided hey we're gonna watch this is us because we just want to cry together and that's what I don't understand it but that's what y'all want to do so y'all just get together and watch this is us and y'all cry together so the girls have a night and the guys have a night but the problem is he stayed too late he he got he lost track of his time and his phone died and he couldn't tell her that he was staying late Uh uh-oh right he stayed out so late that it says the, that the dew, his head was drenched with dew. That's how late it was. Like it was, it was super late at night. He showed up at home late. And now this, he had two choices. He had two choices. Number one, he could repent and say, baby, I'm so sorry. I just did not mean. Or he could ignore it and pretend like it didn't happen. Like, here I am. We're pressing it. Honeymoon, baby. He made the wrong choice. All right. He made the wrong choice. The next part of this verse says this. She's talking and says, I've taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? That just sounds like it's got some attitude in it. You know what I'm saying? It just sounds sassy. I have washed my feet. Must I soil them again? She is ticked off, family. She is mad. She's like, I have already taken me a bubble bath. I done got them comfy jammies on, and I put my feet in my bed. I am not getting out of bed for nobody. I don't care who you is. Like, I... I am not getting at it. Must I soil my feet? She is so mad right now. But watch this. So he's banging on the door. She said, I ain't getting out of bed. Figure it out. Well, he did. The next verse, it says this. My beloved thrust his hand through the latch opening. That joker punched a hole through the door to try to get in the door. Some of y'all laughing because it sounds like your husband right now, okay? Uh, he, he punched the hole through the door. Now it is on. Like, the, the fight is on right now. Like she, So the next verse says, my heart began to pound for him. What actually should have been translated is, I want to pound him. That, that, that was actually, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Now, but I rose, to op- I rose to open for my, del- my beloved. In other words, fine. If they do that, run. <laughs> my hands are dripped with myrrh my fingers are flowing with myrrh on the handles of the bolt I opened for my beloved but my beloved had left he was so mad that that joker left he left the house he was like I'm just gonna leave the home I'm just gonna go I'm gonna forget about it he was gone he was gone my heart sank at his departure I looked for him but did not find him I called for him but he did not answer It's so crazy that this is the fight that God wants us to talk about. It's so crazy uh, because it's so minute, right? It's so small, but that isn't that just an example of our fights, right? So many of our fights that we have in our relationships, we never really remember about what they're about. We just remember the fight, right? Remember it? What causes fights? What causes fights? No, some of you are in first service, so you can't cheat here. Let's play a little family feud, okay? Let's play a little family feud. Give me uh, the top five reasons uh, that, that cause fights. Let me, give, give me a reason. Somebody scream it out. Finances. Finances. That's good. That's a good start. Somebody said money. That's the number two reason that fights are started. Somebody else give me a reason. In-laws. You cheated. <laughs> he loves his in-laws. All right. Now, in-laws are the number four reason that starts fights. 
right? Communication. Communication. That is the number one reason. So y'all got three out of the five. That's good. That's good. Let me give you, I'm going to give you five through one, okay? Number five reason, the fifth reason that, that, that fights have started, children. Come on, somebody. Kids, amen. Okay, y'all didn't amen because y'all ain't got kids yet. Okay, it's all right. All right, number four is in-laws. Number three is sexual discussions. Y'all quiet. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, Number two is money. It's money. And then number one is communication. You know, the things that start fights are normally very small but end up becoming big things. They end up becoming that. In the middle of a fight, There's not a lot of positive that can go on, okay, that the way is narrow, all right, but there's a ton that can go on negatively in a fight. So you have to be very intentional on which path you're going to sing, which song you're going to sing, okay? You have to be very intentional because if you go the narrow path, you can actually grow from it, and we're going to talk through this. How do I do this, Pastor Michael? How do I I grow in a fight? What do we do? How do we fight right Number one, you've got to prepare in advance for fighting. You've got to prepare for conflict. You've got to put a rule book around conflict in your home. It's true. You've got to put a rule book around it. You've got to build boundaries before you're in a war. Build boundaries before you're in a war. They don't teach soldiers rules of engagement while they're on the battlefield. All right? They teach them before they go on the battlefield. They know the rules of engagement. So I'm going to give you some rules of engagement. Some of these are some that are that ones that Carmen and I have put into uh, place. Some of them are just healthy that I think would be uh, very healthy for you and yours uh, to put into your life. Okay, number one, we got to create boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. We've got to put these in. Here are some ideas for some. Here are some ideas. Never fight in public. Never fight in public. Husbands, wives, dating couples, never fight in public when other people are around. Why? Because you force them to choose sides. And at that point, you're building an army, not fighting for each other. You're building an army to fight against each other rather than fighting for each other. Never fight in public where you're building, you're making people make a choice. Second of all is never fight in front of the kids. Never fight in front of the kids. Once again, when it goes back to choosing sides, you're making your children choose a side. You're making your children hear the fight. And I know that's very difficult in, it just in practicality sometimes, okay? So let's just play it out. You're having a discussion, and it's very often that a conversation can, t- can turn into a conflict very quickly, okay? And you're in the kitchen, and there are kids. Your kids are there. What you've got to do is either you've got to go to the bedroom and have this conversation, or you've got to table it until your kids are not around, Okay? You've got it. You, you don't want to bring your kids into your conflict. Uh, never, this, this should be self-explanatory, but in 2021, I feel like I just need to say it, okay? Never physical. Never physical. Fighting should never be physical. Never, ever. I wish we would amen that, church. That, I, amen? Never, never physical. We're fighting for each other, not against each other. The, the next one is, it's, it's also kind of simple, but never yelling. Never yelling. And, and I just... I'll tell you this, is that who your parents are and how you were brought up has a lot to do with some of these these boundaries. Some of these boundaries I'll say and you'll go, oh, that's dumb. That doesn't sound practical, right? Well, some of them you'll go, you'll identify them within yourselves and you'll go, man, I I grew up in a home that did this and I understand why that relationship wouldn't help. So for me, my father was a great man, but my dad was a military man. And the way military men learned to communicate was by yelling. 
that was the only way that they knew, right? And, and so, I mean, they, they could be like asking people, what do they want for breakfast? But like, what do you want for breakfast? Like, I, it's like, I, they, the only thing they know what to do is yell. And so my dad was a yeller. My dad was a yeller. And I just got to be honest with you, family. Can I, can I be transparent? Is that within me, the DNA that is within me, if I'm not careful, there could be a yeller come out of me. When my kids throw stuff and they drop stuff and they beat kids and, you know, I, I could, I, there could be a yeller come out of me, but I have to make sure that, that I discipline myself to not yell. Discipline myself to not be a yeller. And am I perfect? No, but I, I, I've got to discipline myself to not yell. I'm not going to let it win. I'm not going to let it happen, right? The, the, the last one I'll go here is that never shut down. Never just be like, Whatever. When you shut down, everybody loses. Never shut down. Always keep the dialogue open. The next point in this is to cap the time on your fight. Ephesians 4 says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And when you do, it gives the enemy a foothold. It gives them a foothold in your relationships. And we're not, don't go to sleep mad, church. Don't go to sleep mad. Stay up all night if you have to. Let me just tell you, Carmen and I have had some knockdown dragouts. I love her more than anything on this world. But... We've had some, you know, discussions till two, three in the morning, and one of us would always remind each other that, hey, we're not going to bed, going to bed until this is resolved, right? And sometimes getting it resolved was just motivation, so we could go to bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, how you're just tired, ready, ready. Don't go to bed angry. Those of you that are dating, that are engaged, you don't live with each other yet. You know when you're in a fight and or you're in a, a conflict at, at night, and you talk through text or Snap or Insta or whatever, or you're talking on the phone. Um, like old people and, and, and no, but but you know when you're in a conflict don't go to bed while you're angry why because if you do that that relationship will not last it won't it won't last you've got to resolve that so you can go to bed and go to get some good solid sleep and the next morning the, the mercies are new and you can start fresh amen don't go to go to bed mad and angry you've got to cap the time on it cap the time all right then the last point in this is that Control your words. This is probably the most important part of this segment of the message. Don't, uh, you've got to decide in advance what words you won't say. Let me explain it like this. We don't go to war in every war and show up with nuclear weapons. But so many times we walk into our fights doing that. We walk into our fight with, fights with nukes and we wonder why we leave damage. Sometimes, We've got to set. We got to set some boundaries here. Okay, set some boundaries. Number one, on the words that we say, never name calling. Never name calling. Why? Because anytime I get involved with name calling, what happens is I become the accuser, which aligns me with Satan, which puts me firmly in working against the gospel and my wife. When I become the name caller, I become the accuser. Never name calling. The only and this is this is one that um, that Carmen and I put in our marriage when we got married a million years ago. But <laughs> this is a word that that we don't say, and it's it's a cuss word in our home. Okay, I don't care how bad the fight could be. It, it just we do not say the word divorce. We just don't say it. It's not an option. Never threaten to leave. Relationships are not disposable. Now, that being said, I have to clarify here, and and I want to be very, very clear from a pastoral perspective. There are instances 
in which infidelity and people not being faithful in their marriage relationship. And in that case, I would tell you that you need pastoral and relational counseling. And um, if, you, if you're in that situation and it's either you that have cheated or your spouse, we wanna help you. And there is hope and healing in that, okay? There is, a, but I just want you to reach out to us, okay? And we, we will connect you with a, a Christian counselor that we know and trust and love and, and we would love, to, we'd be honored to do that, okay? So I want you to know, I'm not referring to, uh, you know, infidelity in that. So this, the last point in this is that when, oftentimes when we get hysterical, we get historical. So when we get mad and we get big mad and this, you know, the tempers and the tensions are raising and rising and rising and rising, well, we get historical. And what happens is this was the issue over here, but the thing we end up talking about was five, six, seven months, two years ago, and we just can't let it go. And this tiny little fight, which was about this one thing that probably could have been resolved in about a four-minute discussion, becomes a four-hour discussion where you're up at night because you're discussing two years ago. Because when we get hysterical, we get historical. Don't get historical in your fighting. Don't get historical. The second stage of our conflicts here is the choice. It's the choice. In a fight... There's a spiritual dynamic going on here, and I want you to catch this, okay? Whether you know it or not, the enemy loves to insert pride inside of your fights. The enemy loves to insert pride, and that's why we hardly ever remember what the fight was about, because at some point it becomes about pride very, very quickly. It becomes about me, 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 I'm right, you're wrong, I win, you lose, right? The enemy is very strategic in that. He is an isolator, and he is a divider, so if he can... Uh, divide you, he can win. But we can't defeat that. We can't defeat pride with the world's answers. We can't. Sex won't defeat pride. Won't do it. Porn won't fix pride. Just getting over it and, and getting a night's sleep won't fix pride. Won't do it. Sleeping on it won't fix pride. Why? Because it's an entire different song. You're singing a different song. We've got to hit it with a biblical answer. Got to hit it with a biblical answer. And that biblical answer is humility. It's humility. The ultimate choice that we have is when humility enters in first. First. We choose it. We allow humility to walk in the door first. It's a narrow song. It's a song that's difficult to sing. It's got a pitch with a melody that's a little bit difficult to catch on to. But when you allow humility to come through the door first, there can be healing. If we don't choose to give in to each other, we choose to give in to Satan. We find here the story that she goes out, she, you know, the, the Solomon punches through the door and, and then leaves and she finds that he's not there. Well, right there, there was a choice. What's going to happen here? There's a choice. She could just go back to bed and be mad and huffing and puffing and, and he could go all about his thing. And there was a choice here. We find that she actually allowed humility to step in. We find that, that the woman makes the right decision. Husband, write that down. Write that. We find that the woman made the right decision. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 10 through 13 says, My beloved is radiant and ruddy, 
outstanding among 10,000. His head is purest gold. His, his hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves by the water streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. She is pouring it on, family, pouring it on to him. His cheeks are like beds of spice, yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. My goodness, that doesn't sound like a fight to me. She decided to allow humility to, to, to enter the door. And she said, not today, devil. She decided it made sense for her to be mad. She had a reason to be mad. He didn't communicate with her. And then he showed up and pouted about it. She had a reason to be mad, but she chose humility. And she chose to walk towards him. Not even knowing, but at the same time, he was walking towards her. In chapter 6, verse 4 through 6, says, You are as beautiful as Terzah, my darling, as lovely as Jerusalem, as majestic as troops with banners. Turn your eyes from me. They overwhelm me. What he's saying is that I am so ashamed of what I've done. I'm coming to you with an humble heart saying, I'm so ashamed at my attitude. I'm so ashamed that I punched the hole through the door. I'm so ashamed that I've done. I need to come to you with humility. Hide, I, I, I wish that you would just close your eyes because I, I feel like they would hurt you. They're both humbling themselves. Where do you go first on this? How do you go first on a Valentine's Day when everything is fine right now? I'm giving you wisdom for when it's not fine. How do you do this? The first part is that you will intentionally listen. Intentionally listen. That's the first way. Not while, just, not while you're taking a breath. Not while you're reloading on things to say and the next story to, to tell. You've got to take a moment and listen to what he or she is saying. You've got to also give a moment, give patience for her to process what you're saying. Full body attention. Fellas, let me just tell you, we got to turn the game off. Fellas and ladies, listen to me close. I don't want to listen to your pastor right now. Let me just tell you. Get off your phone. One of the biggest hurdles of healthy relationships in 2021 is an iPhone. It's an iPhone. What we really need to do is when we're having serious discussions, we better not be scrolling through Instagram or Facebook because all that's doing is giving us a distraction. We better take advantage of that OFF function on that phone and turn that joker off and pay attention to the person that's going to be there the rest of your life. Intentionally listen. Turn everything off to listen. Turn it off. Now, I know, fellas, this is, I just, I'm going to speak from a voice of experience. I know what you're thinking right now. Pastor Michael, I can multitask. (laughs) Boy, please. Okay. Well, let me just tell you, we, we can't multitask. We can't multitask. We can't do it. We've got to turn it all off. I've got to turn it all off. And we've got to intentionally listen. Intentionally listen. The second one is this. I will seek to understand. And we're going to talk a lot about this next week because it plays into it. Listening is tough when you're emotional, right? Because when you're emotional, you don't want to hear what nobody has to say, right? When you're mad, you don't care what nobody has to say, right? You, a, a listening is difficult when you're, emotion, when you're emotional, but you've got to listen, but then go to the next level. Seek to understand. I want you to write this down. They don't have it on the screen, but I want you to write this down. Understanding begins when judgment is withheld. 
Understanding begins when judgment is withheld. What that means is that they could literally say anything that, that they want to to you. And you don't pour judgment out on them. You don't let this cup pour out. You don't let a song pour out that you'll regret later. Understanding begins when judgment is withheld. Ask non-pointed questions. You know what I'm talking about today. Ask non-pointed questions. This is not the courtroom and you are not the prosecutor. Right? Ask non-pointed questions. The, The second part of this is, I will verbally validate. Acknowledge the emotion even if you don't agree. This is not the time for disagreement. Don't overreact. Here's the thing. Carmen is passionate about some things that I'm not passionate about. There are some things that she tells me about and she's worked up about. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Now she's amazing. But it's my job to listen into that and to understand and then go to the next level and spit everything that she just told me back to her to validate her. Family, I just got to tell you, that's hard. That's difficult. That's next level. That's the narrow way. It's a narrow love song. It's difficult because it requires work. You can't multitask that. It requires work, right? You, you, wives, when your husband comes home and he's frustrated and he's angry and something happened at work or he's depressed or, or whatever is going on in his life, you've got to follow all of these steps as well. You've got to listen in. You've got to empathize. You've got to, you've got to withhold judgment. Allow that man a safe space because I talked about it last week, but it's still true is that if you don't allow him a safe space, somebody will. You've got to allow that man a safe space to talk and be himself and be vulnerable. That's tough for a man is to be vulnerable. You have women, we've got to allow men to be vulnerable. So many women say, well, my man's just not emotional. Well, he may not be emotional because you haven't allowed him to be vulnerable. That's not in my notes. That's free. The last one. I'll get off this so so y'all don't get uncomfortable. Uh, I will resolve to empathize. Walt Whitman said this. He said, I do not ask the wounded person how he feels. I become the wounded person. I become them. Not only do I take it in and I understand, but I hurt for what she hurts for. I hurt for what he hurts for. I hurt for it. Walk in their shoes. Allow their feelings to be your feelings. It's the choice that we have to make, and it's a narrow way. See, the world's way is I'm right. You're wrong. But it's the choice of saying, I'm going to allow humility into my relationship. The third choice is, or the third stage is reconciliation. Reconciliation. Time for makeup sex. Come on. That was funny. I don't care who (laughs) y'all. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you've got to move into a place of health. You've got to move into a place of health. God brings our relationship to a place of reconciliation. Humility brings healing. Humility brings healing. And it's more than just a commercialized holiday, which is Valentine's Day. And then on Wednesday, when it's icy again, our relationships become icy, right? It's continual reconciliation. And it's a life that is well lived. For some of you that are dating and they're learning to fight right, a fresh, you need a fresh start for your relationship. You need to learn to fight right. 
You got to learn to do it. For single people, it's wisdom that you got to tuck away in your back pocket for when you do date. You know, so many people, uh, the single people in the room, you say, well, I'm just praying for God to send me the right one. Uh, he might, he, you know, he's going to send you the right one, but he needs you to become the right one first, right? You've got to work on yourself and be ready on how to do this. Check this out. I don't want you to miss it. Solomon, uh, Song of Solomon 6, 11 through 12 says, I went down to the grove of nut trees to look at the new growth in the valley to see if the vines had budded or the pomegranates were in bloom. Here's what she's saying. I went down, I'm on the search for my husband and my only thought is, can it be saved? Can my marriage be saved? Is it even, is there a chance? Is there any hope? She says, before I realized it, my desire set me among the royal chariots of the people. Can it be changed? Can it be restored? Is there hope for your marriage today? If you're online or in person, is there hope for your relationship? Some of you today have walked into this room wondering, is there hope? Can you be restored? I'm telling you, there is hope and his name is Jesus. There is hope for your relationship that will only be found in Jesus' name. It will only be found when you allow reconciliation that only comes from Jesus See, the idea of the chariot was so important in the Old Testament. To be riding in a chariot was the ultimate source of health, unity, strength, and togetherness. What he's saying, what this is saying here is that they worked through the conflict. The conflict was ugly. The fight was ugly. But now they've come on the other side and they're stronger than they've ever been. I came into it wondering if there was any hope looking for my husband, looking to know if there was anything that, that, that could truthfully, truthfully, like, could there be hope in this? And then in a moment, they found each other and there was a song that was sung. And it began with a choice of humility that led them to reconciliation. Instantly, her, her, her tone changes. And she says, I'm among the chariots of the people. Instantly, there was strength that, where there had not been. The fight was ugly. But God did something that only he could do. What God had joined together, let no man separate. Let no man separate. Will you stand with me across this house today? Healthy conflict is really summed up in one word. One word. And that one word is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. Healthy conflict is summed up in one word, and, and that's forgiveness. Forgiveness means release or a pardon. It's not about what they deserve today. Sure, you may be right. It's not about what they deserve. It's about you pardoning them from that. It's about you releasing the burden off of their shoulders and releasing yourself from the burden of having to give them that punishment. See, you have the Gatorade and you have the antifreeze. You have these two songs. You have these two individual songs that can outline the conflict of your lives and your relationship. But when we take the broad way of the antifreeze and we drink it, we, we, we have conflict the world's way and we drink this, it leaves damage. It gives us pain. It leaves some things inside of us that will hurt. We say some things that we don't mean trying to be right. 
Some of you today have walked into this room just needing a little bit of healing and forgiveness. I want to tell you that that can be found in Jesus. It can be found in Jesus. The first thing that you need to do is you need to forgive yourself. Some of you in this house or watching online have made a mistake. You've said something that you didn't mean that was hurtful. You did something that you didn't want to do out of anger. You watched that thing online when you knew it wouldn't bring you fulfillment. The way to forgive yourself is to come clean, not only to God, you go to God and ask for forgiveness, but come clean to a person who means the most, a wife, a husband. If you're single, maybe a life group leader, a pastoral team member. See, you get forgiveness from God, but you get healing from God's people. And that's why we do life groups. That's why we do freedom because we receive healing from God's people as he leads us into community. For some of you, the reason that you've been hurting is because you've allowed yourself to be isolated. You need to forgive yourself, but also for some of you in this house, you need to forgive them. It's that boyfriend, that wife, that husband, that girlfriend, that ex. Might even be somebody that abused you, that hurts you. For you to get freedom, forgiveness is part of that process. Forgiveness is part of that process. Husbands, it's time that we release the things that she said that affected our egos. Wives, it's time for us to release the mistakes that he made years ago. A good marriage is a union of two good forgivers. If you strive to forgive like Jesus would forgive, what kind of marriages could we have? What kind of strong marriages could we have if we, what kind of song would we sing? You know, when I counsel couples going to get married, uh, I use this example very often. And there are three parties in a married couple. You have the wife, the husband, and you have the almighty God. Whether you serve God or not, he's still a party involved. What happens most of the time with the world is that it teaches you, if you sing this song, it teaches you husband, wife, get as close as you can together and God becomes an ancillary item on the side. And what happens is when we deal with hurt, when we deal with pain, when we deal with rejection, when we fight, we fight this way and the enemy likes to divide us. And then we end up isolated and we're far away from God and we're far away from the one that we love, isolated. But a healthy way to have marriage and a healthy way to have conflict is that we have the almighty God and we have the husband and the wife is that instead of strongly looking towards each other first, we strongly look towards the almighty God first. And we pursue God with everything that we, that we are. That God, I surrender my life to you. Husbands, you give your life to Jesus. You give your hope to Jesus. You give your purpose to Jesus and you go after him with all that you are. And then wives, you submit yourselves to God and you be the godly wife and you be the godly mom and you be the godly woman that he's called you to be. And what happens is the more you pursue God, the closer you get together and the closer you reach together, you allow humility, you allow reconciliation, you allow the grace and the forgiveness that only comes from Jesus to baptize your marriage. That is where you find health. That is where you find hope 
and healing. Today, I want to close out a little bit different. And what we're going to do is we're going to sing an old song. And it's, a, it's an old song that the lyrics are very simple, but it's, it's just a lyrics of humility where we go before God and say, I humble myself before you. And it says, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Right in the middle of my mess, I bow down, God. On Valentine's Day, we bow down. Oh, here I am to say that you're my God. Nobody else. You're my God. You're altogether lovely. You're altogether worthy. You're wonderful to me, God. I believe it's songs like this full of humility that if we sing it together, that if we let these be the songs of our lives, this is the narrow song. This is the narrow way. Married couples, what I'd like for you to do right now is I want you to grab that hand of your, of your spouse. And I want you to, husbands, I want you to be the shepherd of your home. And I want you to lift that hand up. Engaged couples, dating couples, I want you to go ahead and do this. Example this right now. Grab her hand and I want you to lift it up. Lift it up in the air. And today, together, single people, I want you to lift both your hands in the air right now. And we're going to sing this song of humility before we go before God and say, Lord, heal us. Give us hope again.